Hey everyone, and welcome to Actually Podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine, and on this show, I usually like to talk about what's going on in the world and my take on it and what's interesting to me. This week, we've had some interesting developments dealing with mask mandates. We also had the series finale of WandaVision, which is one of the few shows that I've really been into this past season. And we also have Megan and Harry's first sit-down interview coming up this Sunday. And then we also have my new obsession. Actually, it's not that new, but it's becoming more pronounced with murder investigation shows. So without further ado, let's get started. So now that we are starting to get more people vaccinated and more people are starting to wear their masks, thanks to a mask mandate that's been set up on federal properties, as well as being enforced by a lot of um, a lot of states and a lot of corporations, we now see that Texas has decided to lift their mask mandate and open their state 100 percent. Following suit to Governor Abbott was Mississippi, Iowa, Montana, and North Dakota. So, you know, it's pretty frustrating. Here in California, we've had a lot of restrictions, but we've been able to slowly open based on data. And You know, it's been difficult. We're now here coming up on a year from when we were all told to quarantine and that it was only going to take two weeks. And here we are a year later, all of our lives have changed or been changed due to COVID. I think it's just really frustrating because, you know, I'm not sure about where you are, but I know here in California, now that people are starting to wear masks because we still had quite a few people that did not wear masks but not only are people wearing masks they're starting to double mask in response to a lot of the variants from different parts of the world that are now here in the united states that are supposedly even more microscopic and easier to catch people are starting to double mask finally I've honestly, my family and I, we've always been double masking. We were even thinking about triple masking. And um, thank God we've been safe. But, you know, seeing a lot of people now, we're seeing people in the stores with masks on where you were seeing people who would have them around their chin and not really take it seriously. And it seems like people are taking it seriously. So to, of course, see these states now to start lift these mandates when most of the people in a lot of these states have not been vaccinated, it's really frustrating. It's extremely frustrating because, you know, we've been able to see cases and deaths decline across the board because people are taking it seriously. And it's almost now like politicians want to play a game with it. You know, they've received their vaccines, but now they want to create, you know, political ploys about, you know, immigration and things like that, when really it's just about them taking an oath to keep their constituents safe and they're breaking that. 
thank goodness the corporations that are within these states, a lot of them are deciding to keep their mask mandate to be able to enter these stores. So I'm hoping that will encourage people to at least think twice before going maskless out in public. A few of the stores, um, you know, a lot of the big box stores like Costco and then you have Target Sprouts. You even have Walmart who is saying that they 100% are requiring masks while in their stores. I just don't, you know, I hate to say I'm not surprised, but I'm not. Um, I just pray for people who are in these states where people refuse to listen to science I have family and friends that are in Texas and a lot of them are terrified. They're already worried on a day-to-day basis just because there are enough people not following the rules in certain areas amongst other things. But now to lift the mandate and to have everyone return to work, it's really putting a lot of people in danger. And I just, I really, really worry for them. I really hope that the people in these states realize that they can really make a difference in their health and well-being, whether or not their government chooses to believe the science they can choose to believe. And they can hopefully keep themselves safe and, and refuse to go along with this because I, you know... I know someone that I've, you know, we've lost to COVID and I know plenty of people who have family members and friends who had COVID every race, every age bracket, every part of society. It does not discriminate and it doesn't discriminate on whose life it takes. And I just really hope that people continue to use their mask double mask if you can, socially distance, and just do everything in your power to help stop the spread. So I'm, I'm really late to the Marvel gang. I'm not someone who really closely followed um, you know, the comic books and things like that when this whole Marvel studio thing started with Iron Man. But I knew that I enjoyed the movies. So usually when the movies come out, I like to, you know, go see them and kind of piece the, the movies together in the storyline. And I think they're really well done. They're well acted. They have great directors, great writers. And I think it's nice that you can enjoy it without necessarily knowing all the backstory for all the different characters. And that's basically what happened with WandaVision. WandaVision that's on Disney+. Plus. Originally, I'm going to admit, when they first talked about this series, I was kind of like, why? For what? <laughs> Because honestly, I feel like those two characters were really not as involved with a lot of the Avengers stuff. I mean, of course, we had part two with Age of Ultron when we introduced um, Wanda Maximoff and, and Vision. But, you know, throughout the series, I didn't really feel a real strong connection to their characters at all. And I kind of feel like for the most part, a lot of them were 
underused, but I, I wasn't really looking forward to it. And I remember it was beginning and my fiance and I just thought, you know, let's just watch it. He's much more optimistic than I am. He was like, yeah, of course we're going to watch it. And I was kind of like, okay, I'm just kind of like, you know, I like watching the Marvel movies here and there on the weekend. And, you know, I just didn't know if these shows were going to be for me. And I'm so glad that he talked me into it because WandaVision really was ahead, just, uh, just its own kind of thing. So I'm not going to do any spoilers, of course, because the final episode just came out today and I'm sure people haven't even had a chance to watch it, let alone most of the series. But what I will say is I think it was brilliantly done. It's kind of based around a sitcom kind of format. Each show is about 30 minutes and it's extremely meta. You know, you have shows that are based on the classics like I Love Lucy, The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Brady Bunch. Um, You even have episodes like Malcolm in the Middle, Modern Family, and they're telling you this story of Wanda and Vision through the lens of these sitcoms. And it's, I just can't even say enough. It's so, so brilliant and definitely worth a watch. If you have Disney Plus and you feel like you don't watch it a whole lot, even though I have to say, I love Disney Plus. I I love The Mandalorian. That was originally why we got it. And I didn't realize how many Disney classics I really still love. And I just sit and watch sometimes when I, you know, the mood comes over me. But definitely WandaVision is definitely a pleasant surprise. And um, Catherine Hahn is in it. And I'm not going to tell you who she plays because it's very pivotal to the story. But she is just a goddess. She is a comic genius and the show is is so much better for her. You also have Kat Dennings who is, you know, two broke girls. She is just fantastic as Dr. Darcy. Then you have um, Randall Park playing Jimmy Woo who I absolutely love and, um, you know, it's just there's so many great people in the show and it's going to be kicking off this new phase four for Marvel Whereas, you know, you had Iron Man and everybody leading up to the end of the Avengers. And um, now we're having these new characters kind of take up the mantle and continue the story. So, but um, interesting thing about WandaVision is that they gave you the first two episodes, I believe. And then you waited for each episode every Friday. So... What's interesting to me is I'm seeing, you know, people really love streaming because they're able to kind of binge a series and get resolution within one sitting, one or two sittings. But what I noticed about WandaVision and a lot of shows like The Mandalorian and a lot of other shows is that they're really starting to take some idea from mainstream television where you get people in on those first few episodes and then you keep them hooked to keep tuning in every week. I think part of that, they were they did a study and they were saying that for these streaming services, a lot of times people will watch the first two or three episodes of something and then just won't finish it. We'll just never pick it back up. 
So I think it, I think it is probably a smart idea to kind of have it on a schedule where people can have a cliffhanger and then be able to have something to look forward to, to keep them engaged in the story and to stay through the whole series. So coming up this Sunday, we have the Megan and Harry interview, their first sit down with Oprah Winfrey, where they're really going to talk about why they left the royal family and some of the things that they were encountering while they were still there and what helped them to make their decision in leaving. Um, I've been following this story for a long time, I have to say. I am a huge Princess Diana fan. I remember being a kid when the night she passed and I remember the frenzy the paparazzi frenzy around her growing up and how it was just like larger than life um I also remember the Martin Bashir um interview that she did where she talked about her time as a royal and the different things that went on and just like the scandal and all of that and I just remember always feeling so sad for her I just she just seemed like such a nice woman who she just was hounded and she was always trying to find happiness and then to see her you know come to this tragic end it always broke my heart and it always broke my heart just thinking of her sons not being able to grow up with her because you could tell that they had a really strong bond with her and that her children were her life and it just always really made me sad and watching Harry and kind of watching him rebel throughout the years and then watch the man he came into being and all of the wonderful charity work that he's done well I would say more visible than most of the royal family even though I know they all do a lot of work but I think Harry especially with creating the Invictus Games and you know the work that he's done with veterans as well as in Africa I think really has stood out and I think people really started to look at him kind of how they looked at their mother how they really had a soft spot for him and felt like they knew him I remember when they said he was dating Meghan Markle and I remembered her from Suits. I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of Suits, but I did watch it every now and again and I had friends who loved it. So I would watch it here, here and there. And I just remember thinking, this is a big deal. Yes, it is 2021 at that time, 2019. And yeah, it's a, you know, it's a big deal. I also watched The Crown and sidestepped that because I know part of that is fiction, but I also think part of it is true. And that's just me saying it. There's always some truth in fiction. That's what makes it good. But anyway, seeing the royals and seeing that monarchy and how traditional they are and how they are old fashioned, let's just say. So to see him marry a mid-30s divorcee African-American woman was um, interesting to me. I thought it was going to be interesting to see the reaction um, of the people and the reaction of the palace as far as 
what they were going to do as far as how far they would go of protecting them and protecting them as a couple. Because let's face it, the the English press can be tough. They can be tough and they can be tough on certain people. And I'm not saying that they're racist. I'm just saying from what I've seen, it's been tough for certain people. Um, I am excited to see this interview. I really give Megan and Harry so much credit for sitting down and telling their truth because, you know, when you heard the negative press coming from people on the inside of the palace quote-unquote and it just seemed really interesting how it was always so negative towards her and oh poor him and I just thought how interesting and how convenient that all of a sudden the narrative has changed he was such a a strong steadfast young man and so for some reason now that he marries this woman somehow he's not of his right mind and someone could convince him to turn his back on his family which by the way I don't think that's what happened I think as Prince Harry has said he wanted to step away from the pressures for his own mental health on top of seeing what was happening to his wife and not wanting a repeat of what happened to his mother honestly that statement alone spoke volumes to me Um, you know, people still have their opinions of her and they can say what they will because no one really knows her. You know, oh, I can tell she's like this or like that. You don't know. You have no idea. All I'll say is, again, I can't wait to see this interview. I'm so happy for them for speaking their truth and we'll keep our eye on it. This weekend, SNL had Nick Jonas as the host, and one of the skits that they had on, which I thought was hilarious and very relatable, was the Murder Shows musical skit. And it basically was a woman who said goodbye to her spouse who went out to work and whatever, and she, or went out with the guys, and then she sat down and got to binge watch all of her murder shows. And murder shows are like Dateline, 48 Hours, things like that. But I just laughed so much because that is me. She is I and I am her. I love murder shows. I've always been obsessed with them. I've always been obsessed with Dateline. I used to watch To Catch a Predator like it was must-see TV. Um, And it's not because I enjoy people suffering but it's like having that good feeling of like being the detective I've always been obsessed with detective shows I really thought I could grow up and be a Charlie's Angel when I was little before I realized it was fake um I've always been intrigued by stuff like that so being able to watch a show and then get the justice at the end or still have the question mark at the end my favorite thing in the world so um yeah, so they had a skit about that and um but now I I have to admit I'm starting to go further in because you know I I watched the Dateline, I watched the 48 hours, but now they have podcasts and YouTube channels based on these unsolved cold cases. 
And you have these people who talk to retired detectives who worked on these cases and things like that. And, you know, you get updates like, have they opened the case? Now, you know, in 1970-something else, they didn't have access to DNA evidence. We do now. And now we can place this person at the scene. And now we can let the family know that she passed away here and there's closure I live for that. I absolutely live for it. It's so good. And on YouTube, it it can really get far out there, but I just, I still love it. And now I've gone a step further. This is full disclosure. I, well, this isn't new because I've always been obsessed with psychics and like mediums and, and people who could channel. Ghost Whisperer, Medium, those are some of our favorite shows in our house. But um, seeing the real life people um, being able to do this for these people who have been gone 20 plus years is just remarkable. And you learn so much because, you know, you, you just have no idea. You think you have these ideas in your head based on not only what the media tells you, but the news and sometimes you watch your 48 hours and the interviews and you're like, mm-hmm, the husband did it. I know the husband did it. And then you watch this psychic channel this victim and it's gone 180 degrees sideways, totally different than what you thought. And it goes even deeper than that. Um, I know that on Netflix, they have the show about the Cecil Hotel, which is here in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, very creepy. They based American Horror Story, um, hotel off of that hotel um that was where the young girl was found in the water tower and the psychic actually did you know a channeling of her and she was able to find out a lot of the dark history of that land and how it's linked to possible rituals and that's all I'll say I'm just gonna keep it pg like that um But yeah, I've just really gotten obsessed with these psychic channels now because they are talking about these cold cases that we just have no idea. And then, you know, you're seeing some of these cold cases come up again and it's starting to line up with what they were talking about, which is really creepy, um, but really satisfying for the family. And I always feel good for the family that they, you know, are able to get closure. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, there are a lot of good ones on YouTube if you are so inclined. If you're not, I don't blame you. It's probably not a good or healthy thing to be obsessed with. Um, and I really should stop. But um, but yeah, that is something that I really love. But I think I love it again because of the sense of justice, not for being nosy. Some of it is being nosy, but for the most part, it is about justice. Here we are again at the end of another episode. Um, There's just, I'm really hoping that we have some good news um, when it comes to our COVID numbers because also, you know, we have spring break coming up. So I'm just hoping everyone stays safe. I thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time. Bye.